Hey everybody, Dave Lindbergh with another episode of THD Podcast. Uh, today we have a guest calling in from Dublin, Ireland, and he's from a company called Castus, and it's kind of a, a very timely technology as they provide antiviral and antimicrobial coatings specifically for one application that's popular in consumer electronics is, uh, is cover glass on touchscreen. So as always, we have our guest calling in co-host, sorry, from Japan, Simon Weston. How are you doing this evening, Simon? Excellent, Dave. And it is indeed evening for us in Asia. It looks like daytime for you there in Ireland, Tara. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just coming up to midday. So um, it's all good. It's yeah, nice and sunny here. So it's, it's a nice day. Fantastic. All right. So, so Dara Connor, the VP of Global Marketing from Castus in Dublin. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. So yeah, Castus uh, kind of have a solution they've been working on for many years. Well, yeah, at least six years or so now. Um, mm -hmm. And it's coming to market to provide antiviral, antimicrobial coatings. Can you tell us a bit about the history of the company and uh, where you come from? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, what I was going to do, uh, Dave and Simon, is have a short presentation. So maybe I could I could walk you through that. It sure. kind of tells you about our the company, the technology, and, and kind of what we do. And anytime, you know, feel free, guys, to jump in if you want. You know, we can stop. We can go through any details that you want. And of course, I can make the presentation available afterwards too. Sure. Okay. Please go well, that ahead. Works. So if you like, I can, um, can you guys see my screen okay? Uh, not yet. You got a share screen in the bottom middle there. Okay, cool. No problem at all. Uh, there we go. Cool. Is that working now for you? Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, brilliant. So um, yeah, like, like, like you guys said from the introduction, um, I'm from a company called Castus. So we're based over in sunny Dublin, um, just on the corner of Europe. And uh, yeah, as I said, we're here to talk about, we've invented a very, very unique um, coding technology, which offers, um, as we said there, it's 24 seven antiviral and antimicrobial glass surface protection technology. So I'm the VP of marketing, and I'd love to just walk you through our, our value proposition and just uh, just explain what we do. Okay. Um, so really what I'm gonna cover today, just going through the deck is really, as we're starting off with the market needs are, uh, telling you about how Castus can solve for those needs. Um, I would like to dig into a very unique product we have, which is a, an aftermarket touchscreen protector, which we'll talk to you about, and then just a quick uh, quick snapshot of the benefits overview as well. Um, so at any moment, if you guys have any questions, um, feel free to jump in as well. Does that sound okay? Yeah, perfect. Great. All right. So um, I think, I suppose, setting it up, I don't, you don't need me even, you probably don't even need this slide to explain it, but um, I think it's fair to say that the, the coronavirus outbreak that we have at the moment is really has changed the world's attitude, um, especially towards hygiene and, and especially a lot of the, the shared services that we use every day in touchscreens. And what we definitely found is that consumers, but also staff, um, they're really looking for solutions to, um, to kind of get through their daily lives because you use touchscreens and glass in so many different ways. And people are just looking for extra peace of mind as they go about their day-to-day -day life. So that's really where we fit in. Um, so really where, where the problem really escalates is that uh, the likes of hard surfaces such as touchscreens um, they can actually help to you know, feed cross-contamination. I'm not just talking about coronavirus, but also bacteria spread, that kind of stuff. Um, I've heard people describe touchscreens as the mosquito of the digital age, which I think is very apt. And especially in today's environment, um, solutions which can actually help people use screens with confidence, I think are very relevant. Um, you guys have probably seen there were some recent studies out there that um, even the likes of coronavirus can live on hard surfaces for up to 28 days after transmission. Um, mm -hmm. That was a study by the Australian National Science Agency, which, which got a lot of traction around the world. So there's definitely a big problem to solve for. Um, and that problem, as I said at the beginning, it affects 
not only public screens, so the likes of kiosks that we use every day to buy tickets, you know, food, etc., but also personal devices too, because technically whatever you're touching with your finger, unless you're cleaning your screen all the time, you're going to be putting that on your screen. So it kind of is a, it's a bit of a, it's kind of a double whammy for us. Um, so that's really where we come in. So um, as I said at the beginning, and as you said as well, David, um, so we're Castus. Um, we've been experts in the field since 2014. So I think it's important to say we haven't just popped up. Um, we're not cowboys. We've been doing this for years, even before the coronavirus um, popped up. Um, and what we offer is um, a very, very unique um, coating, which is offers double protection. So it offers uh, protection against both bacteria and viruses, including coronavirus. And really our product portfolio, um, it started off, we, we offer a chemical solution, which can be baked in at the very beginning um, for people making screens and any kind of glass product from, from the start. Um, and also we've recently launched, as you'll see at the end, um, screen protectors, which has our technology already baked in, which can actually be applied as an aftermarket solution in the field. So it means that you know customers, staff, et cetera, don't have to wait for next generation screens to benefit from the likes of Castus. They can actually get it straight away. Um, so I suppose the key benefits we offer, as I mentioned, is the antiviral protection against uh, coronavirus, but also lots of other common viruses. Um, our coating is also antimicrobial um, and it's effective against the likes of E. coli ASA, for example. And, and a key thing really, which really marks our, our technology out, um, and we'll talk about that more in a moment, is that primarily it's activated by natural light. Um, so again, I'll talk about the technology in a second, but where that's different to say anything else in the world is that there are some technologies out there that, that actually they need UV to activate, whereas ours actually can activate indoors, outdoors, and any kind of light. So you don't need any kind of a UV lamp to activate the te technology. It can activate in a normal uh, retail environment, for example, and uh, once it's activated, it's, it's effectively always on. So there's actually a, um, there's a, a criteria is the spectrum, the spectral characteristic of light. Yeah, so it's, it's basically in the visible spectrum. So it's, um, again, probably without going into too much details, it's any kind of, you know, natural light source um, in it within a normal shop environment uh, would actually, you know, activate the coding and keep it going. And as you'll see in a moment, even when there's no light source present, um, we have a patent, a patent ingredient, which means that it continues to kill and to neutralize viruses and bacteria in the dark as well. If it's, on a, display, if, if it's on a display, does the light from the display activate it? Um, so again, I've maybe if, if I can come back to that question later on, because okay. when I when I explain how it works, I can definitely speak to that question. Yeah. Um, but I suppose I would say that it's the natural lighting within a room or a setting is the primary activator. Um, you do get some benefits from the backlighting as well on the screen, but primarily it would be just the natural light that you would you would find in a normal room, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, and it's and again, you'll see in a moment, but it's not to say that. It, it's it's all it's always on. So it's once that light is there, it it just it keeps producing this. Again, you'll see it in a moment. The cloud of radicals, which which neutralizes the bacteria and the viruses. So um so yeah, you need a very very limited light source for it to be effective. Okay. Cool. Um, I suppose in terms of our expertise, um, we have a very very I suppose aggressive IP strategy. And so you'll see in a moment we've over forty four uh, patents uh, granted and pending because it's very important to differentiate and protect our technology. So when people do take us on, they know they're getting something very special. Um, I would say we're recognized as the category leader in this space, and we're really trying to define and grow the category. It's still quite a young category, but we definitely would like to see ourselves as the leaders in that space. Um, and I suppose just something which endorses that is we were one of only five companies out of over 1,400, which applied for a special grant to the EU Commission. Um, to actually um, invest in our technology to help grow it. 
Um, and we were one of the winners. So actually, we got a very significant investment from the EU Commission to um, to roll out our technology because they saw our technology as being key in the fight against COVID-19 as well. So again, this is on the deck and there's a link there for people to read afterwards. Um, and then finally, I would say that, um, you know, there are other Me Too brands out there which maybe wouldn't have a high brand profile. Um, we are growing a global brand. Um, already, we've been on CNBC over in the US. Um, there's a video on, on YouTube. You guys can check out afterwards. And also the kind of partners we're partnering with. So you can see there some of the brands, the likes of Zag Brands, um, which is North America's number one screen protector brand. Uh, Lenovo, which doesn't need any introduction. And mm-hmm. Lavazza Professional as well. Um, so th- these types of brands, as we work with them and partner with them, obviously they've got huge reach and huge brand power. And, you know, co-branding with these guys is, you know, is very important to us, but also, you know, it benefits Zag and Lenovo too, but it's great for our global recognition around the world too. Um, in terms of the use cases, um, I'm sure that's on top of one of your top of minds. Um, so as I said, we the core of what we do is we have a, a chemical solution which we make. Now that can be then um, shipped over to customers when they're making new devices. Or what we also offer is, as I said, the aftermarket solution too. But in terms of the use cases, um, primarily at the moment we're talking to customers in the touchscreen space. Um, so you can see there all types of industries and verticals that our, our coding technology can be applied for. It's basically anything with a screen you see across the top row there and even on the bottom row as far as travel. Um, I think that's probably more the shared touchscreen space. Um, in the personal space, um, we're talking to a lot of the biggest companies in the world who will be making uh, personal devices and wearables. Um, it's obviously high interest to those guys because when our technology is baked in during manufacturing, it's, it's there for the life of the, the substrate, essentially. Um, our coding technology is also applicable to architectural glass. Um, there's big, big traction in the automot- automotive industry. And also recently, we've had a lot of inquiries from the glassware business as well because our coating is non-leaching. So it's very safe for um, for humans, um, and also it offers the antiviral, antimicrobial benefits too. Um, so what I'd love to do is um, just before I go into you know a couple of final slides, really, um, I have a very short video I'd love to share with you, and it's it's just a graphic of our technology in action. So if it's okay with you guys, I'd just like to run this video quickly. Sure, go ahead. Cool. All right. Okay. Cool. So um, that's just a short graphic. Um, as Jennifer Anson once famously said, you know, that was a science bit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I suppose what I'd uh, what I can now go through just in a little bit more detail, and then I'll definitely throw the floor open to questions. Is um, you're probably wondering how is Casas built in because there's mention there about Casas being baked into the surface. Um, so, so really how it works is, as I said in the beginning, we've created a, um, a very, very unique chemical solution, which is primarily water-based. Um, that's actually shipped, um, so we, we ship that over to manufacturers all over the world, but primarily we've be, we'll be over in China and Asia at the moment. 
Um, but basically how it works is that the solution is, um, is sprayed onto glass. So that could be either cover glass, architectural glass, or you know, glass for touchscreens and phones and whatnot. So it's sprayed onto that glass. That glass is then passed through a furnace um, at temperatures in the region of 600 to 700 degrees. So it needs to be over that 600 degree for the actual um, the chemistry to kick in and actually for the glass, sorry, for the coating to be physically bonded to the top layer of the, of the glass. Okay. Um, so and then once, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, for people watching, just to be clear, because some people get confused, is this is this is the because of the sintering process, it it has to be glass. So a lot of people will might use PC or 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 PET type uh, screen protectors or whatnot, but that it won't work mm. with this technology. Just to to be clear. Yeah, no, that, that, that's that's a great question. Um, I mean, our, our technology is applicable for uh, currently for glass and ceramics is the main the primary uses, mm -hmm. and. The the, the key differentiator, not differentiate is the wrong word, but the key um, requirement is that that heating process, that sintering um, needs to be over 600 degrees Celsius. If it's less than that, then number one, it won't be locked in. So it won't, be, it won't physically bond with the surface. And also the chemistry won't, the chemistry trains won't kick in to make that particular surface photocatalytic. And um, so the likes of plastics and other, other, I suppose, other materials they can actually be uh, baked or finished at two, 300 degrees, which would be too low. So for that reason, at the moment, uh, Cassis is not applicable for the likes of plastic because it just doesn't have that. It doesn't meet that, meet that temperature range that we need for the casting to be locked, the coating to be locked in correctly. No, ah, okay. Um, so yeah, once it's locked in, as I said, just to skip through points three and four, um, it, you know, the, in terms of how it's sprayed on, it tends to be um, the same kind of equipment that you might use for an AF coating. So very, very simple spray and it'd be a classic tempering, tempering furnace. So when we work with partners, they tend to already have the equipment in place. It's about just adapting it to cast it to just have a very, very fine mist when the, when the coating is sprayed on. And um, what we've also done as well, just for customers who maybe don't want to, you know, set up things at scratch, is we also, um, we also sell cast as uh, pre-treated glass. So we have our own OEM uh, partner in China. And we can actually create uh, Casas pre-treated glass bespoke made to specs. So if a touchscreen manufacturer or integrator wanted to buy in Casas glass and then integrate into their screens or their kiosks or whatnot, uh, we also make that uh, possible too. Okay. Um, so I think, Simon, this is probably where your question came up, which I'm happy to, to jump back in. Yeah. Um, you're asking me how does the technology work? Um, so basically, once once the once the cast's coating is sintered into the top layer of the glass, whether that's as I said, architectural glass, touchscreens, whatnot, you know that that's locked in. So it's 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 there pretty much for the lifetime of the substrate. Um, it doesn't deplete over time. We've we've lots of um, physical abrasion testing done to say they will last a very very long time. Um, but essentially, how it works is once natural light, you know, hits that coating. So let's just for argument's sake, a brand new touchscreen goes into a, a restaurant. The first time those lights are switched on. It starts to uh, the coating then starts to react with moisture um, and air, and creates what's called um, reactive oxygen species or OS. And essentially, what happens is that once that process starts, it then creates an always-on cloud of these ROS, so that any time bacteria viruses then you know reach that surface, they instantly start getting broken down and they can't multiply. And the multiplication thing is quite important because even the likes of E. coli that can double in, in 30 minutes. So our coating, you know, straight away breaks it down and straight away starts stops it from multiplying. And we use a lot in our language. We talk about always on. We talk about twenty four seven. So even when there's no like natural light present from a light bulb or whatnot, and as I said, we have that ingredient which can till, continues to kill and break down bacteria and viruses in the dark as well. And one of the key benefits about how our process works is it's actually a photophysical process. 
as opposed to the likes of silver, which, which leaves the surface to poison bacteria. And because it's photophysical, it means that the bacteria can't actually build up immunity to our coding technology. Um, so, you know, some coatings, they may kill 99%. The 1% that it doesn't kill potentially will get stronger. So it could become a superbug in the future. Whereas with our technology, with this particular process, the bacteria can't build immunity. So we're not contributing to the, you know, uh, the superbug problem, if that makes sense. We're actually part of the solution. That does make sense because that's really interesting to me, this whole thing about using a lot of sterilizing agents and does mm -hmm. that not just filter out the most <laughs> the most potent viruses? 100%. It's something which, you know, a lot of people ask us about it. And there's a, if you Google AMR or antimicrobial resistance, I mean, it's antibiotics is obviously the, the, post, the poster boy for this that everyone's aware of. But there's also an element where, you know, if we're using too many sprays that don't quite kill bacteria fully that whatever stays behind like you said simon becomes stronger um and obviously we're in the middle of a global pandemic but even pre that experts were saying that this amr um, problem was going to be a bigger killer than cancer by 2050 so it's already killing thousands of people all over the world it's the fact that bacteria is getting so strong mm -hmm. and i'm not saying we're a silver bullet for it but we're definitely part of the solution so I think, and so you I think, use the figure of uh, 99.9%. Um, where, where does that come from? And why do you end up 0.1 short of the 100? Yeah, so it's actually 99.99%. Um, <laughs> so 0 0.01. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you like, let's see if it's the next slide. Yeah, here we go. Perfect, perfect segue here. Um, so basically how that works, if I take the middle one there and the surface bacteria. Um, so how, how the validation works is that... Um, we, we believe in validation. It's, it's, really, it's critical to us. So all of the reports, every, all the claims we do are fully backed up. Um, but there's an ISO, a global ISO, which is called ISO 27447, which has been designed for light-activated antimicrobial technologies such as Castus to prove efficacy. Um, so the way this works is that you, you basically have the coated surface versus the control. And then over a certain time period, then um, it's, it's measured. The bacteria rate, the kill rate is then measured and assessed at the end. And... So the 0.01%, um, that's the best result we've got. So um, we actually have had 99.999, but we kind of leave it as 99.99 just for the purpose of everyday communication. Um, I think what I would say, Simon, is that this is actually a rolling technology. So it's not, you know, it's finished at 99.99. It means that that little mini percent that isn't, isn't killed, it becomes, it's straight away it's killed on the next roll, if that makes sense, because this is done over a specific time period. And the effect is the same for bacteria and viruses? Yeah, exactly. So um, with, as I said, we have the, the very high viral um, antibacterial results. Um, and it's one technology that does both, actually. So um, probably recently in the last six months, it's when we started testing against viruses because of what was happening in the world. Um, and, but pre prior to that, we just tested against um, uh, bacteria. So yeah, it's the exact same effect. Um, and so far, the you know the, the results we just had there on the left-hand side there um, came from a, a lab in the U in the UK, and we've is actually graded ninety-nine percent. So we just had a result back there to say that we're we're neutralizing over ninety-nine point nine nine percent of the coronavirus on surfaces, which which is huge for us. And how do you how do you that, measure that, how do you measure the amount of uh, bacteria or virus on a surface? You know, at the end of the test, let's say. Yeah, so it's I suppose it's not for me to measure it. It's it's a it's a global ISO standard, and um, yeah. so. It's really for the, the lab technician, so it's normally done by account. And um, so it's it's basically obviously the beginning and the end, and then whatever's whatever's left, they would they would count that and they would have a mathematical equation to work that out. You take a swab off this thing and look at it under a microscope, or is it a PCR test? 
Yeah, it's, I mean, I suppose that's why I, I don't have my uh, CTO on the call, so I probably wouldn't okay. be able to get into okay. all the detail on it. Um, but, you know, what I'm aware of is, you know, I've, I've seen it's, you know, I've seen the, the bacteria counts and the viral counts, how they do it, but it's normally under a microscope where they would do a count at the end. So they're following the ISO protocols about, about how to do that. Awesome. Okay. But you'd, do, normally, do... you'd normally finish up with an OR value and then um, there'd be some, uh, an algorithm or math involved to actually c- convert the OR value to the actual percentage kill rate, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. Okay. Maybe this is coming up, but the comparison with like the silver-based uh, yeah. and uh, versus this uh, CASIS coding? Yeah, it is. Uh, no problem. So it's just, um, it's actually coming up, Dave, um, in two slides, I promise. Um, uh, just really quickly, just to mention to people, um, you know, I know this is not a full promotion for CASIS, but just to say our technology is, we have IP all over the world. So if people do start to work with us, they can be reassured that it, it is unique and it's protected. Um, so Dave, yeah, just to your point there, um, big, big, di- so I suppose if you think about what's out there in the market in this category, um, if you think about antimicrobial coatings, it would, there's kind of two main buckets, I guess. There's the light activator technology, which um, we'd be very unique in that space because um, the other light activator technologies would require UV light to be effective. And mm-hmm. then you have the metal-based technologies. So the likes of silver will be the most popular. Um, I'm not, not I'll mention any names of companies on here, but silver would definitely be at the moment the most popular uh, type of technology for antimicrobial. Um, so again, without going through every single line in the slide, um, the biggest difference for Castus versus what we've seen so far on the silver technologies is that you know we, we've got the results, the lab results, the ISO results to prove that we can neutralize coronavirus and other viruses. Whereas silver-based technology, um, based on what we've seen, and um, is not is not effective against viruses. So silver is very effective and is effective against bacteria, but wouldn't be effective against uh, viruses, which I think is a, a huge thing. Um, I would say the second, you know, a couple of other key points I suppose to to point out is that. Um, our coating, the longevity is very, very, um, very long. Um, because it's light activated, because it's locked in, um, the fuel source effectively is light, so light and air. So they're not, not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. Whereas the process of how silver works is it needs, once it's coated, it needs to leave the surface to actually poison bacteria. So over time, you know, theoretically, well, logically, actually, that, that, that uh, fuel source would deplete over time. So you'll see with castus, it's a steady effectiveness rate. So what we'd expect to see with silver is that the effectiveness would reduce over time as our fuel fuel source depletes. Um, environmentally, it's, uh, we'd be superior. Um, there's a lot of studies out there where people are concerned about silver. And there's an EPA um, quote there, which you see on the screen. Um, but because silver is a leaching technology, um, there have been, you know, a lot of people are concerned about the effects of silver on the environment and also people too. Um, I mentioned earlier the fact that um, you know, bugs can't build up the resistance to our products. So um, we're not creating or we're not causing part of part of the superbug problem globally. Um, I mentioned that our technology is globally patented. Um, you tend to see with silver that there's a lot of Me Too white label technologies out there, whereas ours is very unique. And when we do partner with people, we always ask that it's, it's called out so people are aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, I suppose more from a marketing point of view, which is my world, um, we are building a global brand and you see the partners we've been working with where I think a lot of the silver um, brands that are out there would be, I suppose, ingredient technology brands, uh, white label, and wouldn't necessarily have their own brand. I mean, there are some with brands, but generally speaking, it would be unbranded. So I think that's, you know, the, I suppose the, in a nutshell, these would be the key differences. And if there's anything you'd like to ask about that. Um, no, but just thinking like having the global brand, is, does Castus mean anything? The name, uh, name Castus? 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, the story behind the name is that it's very similar to the Latin for clear, which is cast us with a C. So that was kind of the inspiration for the name. Um, so it, technically it doesn't mean anything. Um, but if I do my job, then casters will mean something in the future because uh, we want we want people to, you know, when it's, you know, when we work with partners um, and partners are up for this as well, by the way, it's to have that casters protected symbol on touchscreens and glass and anywhere where it's produced. Because the ultimate goal is that casters is the gold standard for, for screen protection, glass protection, and consumers and staff will actually look for the casters badge to know that it's it's protected. So it's almost like the Intel inside. When you see Intel, you know it's quality, you know what you're getting. And right. you've got the likes of Kite Mark in the UK as well. So that, that's really where we're going. That's that's the kind of brand that we're trying to build. Okay. And then, yeah, some other things related to display technology. Uh, those optical guys are quite fussy. Uh, it's sure. got perfect clarity. Does it impact the, any add any haze or, or blue shift or anything like that that the optical guys watch out for? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. So, I again, I didn't put everything on the slide. So, um. Yeah, so hey, it's it's crystal crystal clear. There's no impact on clarity. So um, you know, a lot of our competitors, a lot of our sorry partners, not competitors, have tested that, and they're they're totally fine with the clarity. It's it's crystal clear. You won't see any difference. Um, in terms of the touch sensitivity, so um, in all the tests we've done, we haven't seen any impact on PCAP. And not only the tests we've done, but also our partners have done tests, extensive testing too. Um, so because it's such, it's applied at such a thin nano level, there's there's no impact on that. Okay. Who are your customers? What uh, what level are you selling at? Yeah, so um, the the types of customers we're dealing with is, um, I mean, I mentioned at the start there, so we to be big global customers, the likes of um, Zag, who are North America's number one screen protector brand. Uh, they've obviously got a footprint all over the world. Um, we've recently partnered up with with Lenovo, who um, you probably heard of. So at the moment, it's it's related to their OEM solutions business, so it's more B two B. The likes of Lavazza Pro, big global um, coffee coffee brand, you probably heard of it. Um, company called Inficraft, who would be based in Korea, but they would be servicing a lot of the banks in Korea, and they're looking at a global footprint on the banks. Um, so I suppose we tend to have. It's it's rare that we work with the end brands. It's more working with um, resellers and partners and manufacturers who would actually be integrating casters into their offering, and then and then actually selling that on downstream, if that makes sense. So what I mean is you would actually uh, uh, make the pitch to those brands, but ultimately you actually ship the chemical compound to a glass manufacturer of their choosing. Um, yeah, if you like, um, should I, I'm just wondering if I just can't see you guys, should I stop sharing and we can kind of talk about that? Sure. sure. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, so nice to see your faces there. That's much better. Um, so uh, to answer your question, um, it, it depends on who the customer is. So um, I suppose our strategy is, is, is like push-pull, you would say. So for sure, there's brands, end brands, like big big grocers, big retailers who would be interested in our products. So, you know, getting them interested, I think, is important. So we'd be talking to those guys. Um, but then ultimately, um, depending on the products, if someone wants to uh, create a brand new touchscreen or a brand new device, um, they would come to us. We would ship them the chemical solution and we'd help them with the manufacturing setup if they wanted to manufacture it themselves. If they didn't want to deal with the chemical solution and they wanted to just have the, if you like, the casters treated glass, they can buy that casters glass from us and then integrate it into their touchscreens for, for new new builds. Um, now, what we've also done is we've also recently launched a range of uh, screen protectors too, which are tempered glass. Um, we can go from four inches up to 34, which means that any touchscreen, um, you know, which is already in the field, you can actually apply a caster screen protector onto that to give all the benefits of casters, but actually to protect until the next gen comes along. So 
to answer your question, um, sometimes we ship the, the chemical solution, sometimes we ship the cast of glass, and then recently we've done a lot of business on the screen protectors, which we make ourselves. Okay. Very interesting. So uh, you were a manufacturer, or this uh, is uh, produced in a chemical factory? Yeah, no, again, great question. So um, if I talk of the chemical solution itself, so we, we would manufacture that ourselves with our toll partner. So Casas, that's all made mm -hmm. in Ireland. And the actual treated glass would be made with, um, we have an OEM partner over in China. And the screen protectors are also made in China as well. So they'd be Casas branded. And um, mm -hmm. so effectively, that's, that's our, our kind of branded products. And then the glass would be more of a back-end product. And the chemical is more of an integrated product, if that makes sense. Yep, sure does. Okay. So I understand that uh, people can, uh, they can go, there's some protectors out there for, for a few models of phones, the Pixel and the iPhone, I think, were announced. So, um, Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, so I think the, the screen protector side of things is very interesting, and I may jump back into one of my slides. But um, at the moment, with, uh, so with the likes of Zag that we're working with, um, they'd be best known as a consumer brand for, for phones and tablets. Mm -hmm. And um, so they were super interested in our technology. We've been working with them. We announced in CS this year. But recently, for, the, for their new models, for the, the latest iPhone 12 and also the latest Google Pixel, they had Casas technology um, baked into their screen protectors too. So we'd be working with Zag and working with their OEM you know, downstream partners to integrate Casas into their screen protectors at source. And then they would, it would become part of their brand selling, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so that's really for the consumer space. But as I said, we do have our own B2B products as well, which we are selling around the world too. Under the Castus name in a Castus box, right? Exactly. That's it. Yeah. I mean, if you like, I can quickly, um, I'm, I'm conscious I'm, I'm trying too many slides, but I, no, can quickly, uh, I can quickly jump into just the screen protector, just two really quick slides, because I think it might be interesting for both of you and your listeners to see what's out there, because quite frankly there's a lot of businesses and customers coming to us because they're you know they want solution today they don't want to wait for the next generation screens or glass so um so what we actually did is is this working uh, there we go sorry guys there we go perfect um to your question dave and simon you could be interested as well we, we put together these these b2b uh, screen protectors which at the time, uh, no one else was doing something like this before, so it's actually quite quite unique. Um, there were actual films out there which were, well, I'll show you in a minute why they're different, but no one was doing tempered glass screen protectors with this type of technology for, for large screens. Um, so what we did is we, we actually, if you like, we took the idea of the mobile screen protector and we, we supersized it, and um, we were able to make it bespoke depending on what the requirements were for the customer. We were also able to make it thin enough that it didn't impact the peak cap or the touch sensitivity or the clarity or anything like that. Um, and yeah, so this, I suppose, these are the USBs of what we offer. So it's, you have all the benefits of Castus. It's also anti-shatter. I think the big thing there is the size range. Um, nothing like that out there from a tempered glass point of view. Um, and also the fact is it can be easy, easily applied. So you don't need to have an engineer to go in. Actually, the you know, people in the shop or the store could actually apply it themselves. It's super easy. It's like applying a mobile screen protector in, you know, in your own house as well. Um, and then just to your, I think you were asking about this, Dave, as well. So differences versus what's out there is we talked about the antiviral um, results. Um, I think the material, we would be tempered glass. The competition would be polymers or plastics. Um, it's very highly resistant because we have a 9H rating versus others. And then clarity-wise, it's, it's clear. It's less than 1%, whereas a lot of these films would have a haze. So while there is a 
a solution out there in inverted commas for the markets. Uh, we think ours is, is, is better. And so far, a lot of a lot of customers are coming to us and, and they, they agree with us. Uh, maybe an odd, um, oddball question, but like knowing yeah. like the uh, the iPhones and the Apple Watch using Sapphire lenses, mm-hmm. is has that been thought about as a possibility for a substrate material that the coating will work on? Yeah, so uh, nothing's been ruled out at the moment. So um, as you can imagine, um, Apple are very busy guys and they're, they're sometimes hard to get their attention. So um, yeah, we'd love to talk to Apple. So if you're listening, Apple, um, pick up the phone. Um, we'd love to talk to you guys. But uh, yeah, look, to be honest, um, so far, you know, when companies have come to us looking for applications for their technology, we've, you know, we figured it out. And, you know, so far we haven't hit any walls in terms of what the applications could be for screen devices. Okay. So uh, you've been shipping goods for how long? Yeah, so uh, uh, so basically, we've been selling casters um, probably for about two years to customers. So there was it's almost like pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. It's it's, it's a different and, world for us as well. If you can imagine. And how much of an effect? Uh, how much of a change from the COVID? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, what's what's happening is tragic, but for, for our business, it's um, it's made a massive difference for us. Yeah. Um, I think the big difference was, I suppose, pre-COVID, um, people thought it was a nice to have. And um, they didn't really, you know, they said, oh, yeah, it's nice. looks good. Yeah, I get it. But uh, they were saying their, their customers weren't necessarily banging the door down looking for it. Yeah. Um, even though we had research saying that people would want it if people were willing to give it a crack. Um, so I think what's changed really since Q1 really this year is, um, you know, our inbox is, is flooded with customers look, coming to us, asking for solutions. And, and it was around that time in Q1 where we, we pivoted and we actually put together that screen protector product because we'd so many people wanted to work with us, but there's a longer lead time in setting up manufacturing downstream. And we wanted that people were looking for solutions straight away. So that kind of gave us the, the I suppose, the, the confidence to yeah. invest in, in, in creating a new product. So to answer your question, night and day, probably 50 to one ratio in terms of inquiries. Yeah, pre, pre- incredible. Okay. It's incredible. And uh, what, 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 what might people look forward to on the horizon? What kind of new stuff uh, people watch this long? What kind of tidbits might yeah. they get for coming in the future? Yeah, sure. So no, it's, it's a great question. So um, so today, I mean, our focus is, um, I'm not, I'm sound like a politician now. I'm not answering your question. So I'd say today, today very much it's, um, you know, touchscreen, glass, like there's this huge opportunities. I think we're we're looking to expand into other, other areas we hadn't even thought of. So glassware, for example, also are new categories which have just come up, um, which is really interesting for us. So I think to answer your question, we're going to be expanding other areas for our Casas last technology to see where we can help help customers. Um, Casas ceramics, we've got some new technology coming in the future on that, which is going to be quite interesting. And also there's new categories um, with regarding metals. So, um, you know, variations of our technology for metals or anti-corrosive type products. And also 3D printing is something which is going to be coming down the track very soon as well. So there's, there's a huge market for, um, you know, businesses who want to create parts without actually making massive numbers. And our technology fits very well into that just to keep those parts whole and uh, stop them from, you know, keep them keep them much more protected than they normally would be. So definitely at the moment it's ex- expanding, but then coming down the track, 3D printing and metals will be the next big thing for us. Okay. And uh, are you guys a public or a private company? So that's a... Sorry, there's just two questions. Who, who do you want me to go first? Um, Take Dave's question. Public or private? Yeah. Oh, so uh, no, great question. So we're yeah, we're private just now, um, and you know, let's see what the future holds. 
uh, but definitely we're, we're private just now. So we're, you know, our CEO and founder, John, John Brown will be the, will be the man in charge. Okay. And uh, I think Simon, you, you had a question. I, I was just curious. So for future applications, you have the centering temperature at 600 degrees. Is that something yeah. that could be reduced? Um, we've, we've thrown that to our technical team to look at. Yeah. Um, because, um, if, if it was possible for sure, I mean, obviously on the market and business development, if we, if there were applications, if we could figure it out for plastic and other materials, it would be huge for us. Um, cause we get a lot of requests on that, but at the moment, the technology just, just, just won't work in that, in that for those low temperatures, but, uh, we've definitely got an open mind on it. Fantastic. All right. Very good. Any, any other questions from you, Simon? Um, no, that really covers it. Actually, that's my notes. Uh, that's my notes all done. Okay, Dara, anything else to add that we might have overlooked? Um, no, I suppose I'd say that um, one thing which you know, watch. There's going to be some really fun stuff coming on the brand soon as well because um, I think um, you know we've got new global campaigns coming in the next couple of months. And there's going to be a lot of work work on our website and so on and. Um, no, I think uh, if if any of your listeners are interested in talking to us, we love we love to talk. Um, I think we're very collaborative. Our technical team are very supportive, and we're willing to you know help people around the world to you know get up and running if they really believe in our technology. So um, no, I'd say look, it's an open invitation for people to get in touch. I'd say that's probably the last thing I'd say. Okay, so we'll put your all your social media and all your contact details in the description below. So uh, thanks to Simon for uh, staying at work a little late tonight from Japan and and Dara O'Connor from uh, Castus in Ireland. Uh, very much appreciated for you come on and explain this exciting technology to us. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thanks, okay. Dara. So everybody, please click like and subscribe, all that uh, cheesy stuff, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye.